This podcast is brought to you by the Village of Bedford Park, your home for business. Over 450 businesses strong and growing with a safe, reliable Lake Michigan water supply. Visit VOBPBiz.com and bring your business home to the Village of Bedford Park. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Now, the WBBM Noon Business Hour. Hey, it's 12.03. Happy Friday, August 27th, 2021. You made it through another week. Good afternoon. I'm Rob Hart, sitting in Francisco Cotto today on the WBBM Noon Business Hour, presented by the Village of Bedford Park. Kids can benefit from early lessons in financial literacy. We'll get help doing that in the next segment. But right now, Fed Chair Jerome Powell has indicated that the central bank is likely to begin tapering before the end of the year. That word comes as an indicator of inflation just hit a 30-year high. We're joined by David Jones, chairman of DMJ Advisors in Denver, Colorado, also the author of the book Understanding Central Banking. David, thanks for joining us today. And my first question for you was more of a request. Help us understand central banking, especially their thinking today. Well, it was an important uh, set of remarks by our Fed Chair Powell uh, to that annual Jackson Hole, Wyoming Central Bank Conference, Powell's purpose, I think, was primarily to uh, keep the markets from undergoing another one of those, what should we call it, taper tantrums. Um, Powell wants to avoid at all costs. Uh, Remember back in May 2013 when former Fed Chair Bernanke had an all-out taper tantrum at that time when he started when Bernanke started talking about the possibility of the Fed cutting back on securities purchases, uh, what our Fed chairman is now saying is, look, I'm going to change policy. Um, I'm going to become, in the Fed terms, less accommodative, but it's going to be later rather than sooner, and the stock market loved that. Um, My guess is we probably won't get an announcement of what the Fed's going to do with regard to cutting back on securities purchases, maybe tell that November policy meeting, uh, early November policy meeting. But at any rate, Powell was cautious in when he's going to change, and the markets loved it. The uh, discussion over inflation is uh, something that uh, always brings back memories of uh sport coats with wide lapels and very large Cadillac automobiles because it's something straight out of the late 70s and early 80s. But those with long memories, once they hear inflation, they just see these numbers, you know, going up 6%, 7%. A key inflation gauge uh, rising 3.6% compared to a year ago. But it sounds like uh, Chairman Powell just says, hey, this is a weird time. Well, that's right. But I would think, as you imply in your excellent question, that, uh, there may be a difference between how Chairman Powell is thinking about inflation and um, how you and I at the grocery store or uh, in buying uh, appliances or a new car uh, find inflation. I think people are shocked at how much inflation is up. Remember in July, we were looking at 
4% increase in inflation year over year. Remember, the Fed's target is only 2%. Uh, producer prices at the wholesale level were up even more at 7.8% year over year. So I think people, normal, average Americans, are shocked by inflation. The Fed chairman keeps telling us that it's only going to be temporary, uh, but um, we'll just have to see how that turns out. Yeah, the word of the word of 2021, it sounds like in 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 financial circles and in banking circles, is transitory. Uh, that you that this is just simply the economy uh, adjusting to a sudden stop and a sudden start. That's right. Uh, I, I, the Fed chairman likes to use big words every once in a while, and uh, his favorite with regard to inflation is clearly transitory. It may be high now, but it's going to cool off. He even mentioned that he thought used car prices, which had been soaring, uh, appear to be peaking. So he tried to put some evidence behind his argument. But uh, as I say, I just think when we go to the grocery store or try to buy durable goods, furniture, appliances, autos, whatever, uh, uh, we remain to be convinced that someday inflation will cool off. Well, thanks for joining us this afternoon. David Jones, chairman, DMJ Advisors in Denver, Colorado, and author of the book, Understanding Central Banking. Up next, teaching kids how to invest. Cash, credit, debit, and totally free. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Less than half of U.S. high schools offer courses in financial literacy, so parents need to step up and help them learn the basics of money. We welcome in Craig Bolanos, founding partner and chief executive officer of the Wealth Management Group in Inverness and Downers Grove. Craig, thanks for joining us this afternoon. One thing I remember about financial literacy when I was uh, moving on from high school into college, and the big warning they gave you was, there is going to be a lot of credit card companies on campus, and they're going to be waving T-shirts at you and applications, and you might think it's easy money, but don't get lost in that. This was 22 years ago. Now it sounds like there are even more ways to get bad advice uh, for impressionable young minds, especially online. No, Rob, you're absolutely right about that, and we must have a parallel track because I remember T-shirts, towels, sweatshirts, two liters of soda back when I attended campus. The good news is rules and regulations have gotten rid of some of the predatory stuff on college campuses. But the reality is, yes, you know, kids are great at, you know, science, technology, mathematics, but there's this gap when it comes to the importance of simply saving and investing. And I just want to make sure that parents are really taking it upon themselves to get these kids, our children, the next generation, comfortable with the concept of money by just, it's no longer taboo. It's okay to have some conversations about money at the dinner table. It's important to share with our kids when we're at the grocery store, the Home Depot, shopping over the holidays, that there's some discussion of price, some discussion of value. And then once we're getting comfortable with the basics of money, we've got to start helping these kids invest. And investing, this is where I talk about uh, pitfalls online, because there are so many uh, Instagram accounts or Facebook pages or Twitter accounts uh, devoted to the young hustler, the person who was 16 years old, who became a a millionaire overnight thanks to uh, a certain type of investing in certain types of stock, uh, getting caught up in cryptocurrency. And it's 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 just for image and and it's that's not you and you have to teach people that investing is not the lottery it is a long-term activity 
Yeah, the message needs to be consistent. The message needs to be constant. It's exactly what you said, Rob. We've got to teach kids that investing is just not a get-rich-quick scheme. There's a big difference between investing and trading. And I think the way we broach those concepts is to make sure we talk to our kids about what's the purpose of investing. You know, the purpose is to achieve a goal and then use our mathematical skills to determine how much money we need to save periodically to reach that goal over time, not reach that goal overnight. Some great advice. Thank you so much for joining us this afternoon. Craig Bolanos, founding partner and chief executive officer of the Wealth Management Group in Inverness and Downers Grove. Coming up next, the apartment market in downtown Chicago flips from bust to boom. The only program dedicated to currency events. You're listening to the WBBM Noon Business Hour. What a difference a year makes. The market for apartments in downtown Chicago has done a complete turnaround in less than a year. And joining us now on the McGrath-Lexus business line is Albie Galoon, senior reporter, Crane Chicago Business. Albie, thanks for joining us uh, this afternoon. Uh, To paraphrase Mark Twain, the uh, reports of the demise of the uh, downtown housing market and downtown Chicago in general are a little premature. They certainly are. Hi, Rob. Um, There really is uh, no superlative too strong to describe what's happened to the downtown apartment market. It was downright horrible last year at this time, and it's just crazy good. If you're a landlord, obviously, if you're a tenant, um, rents are now back up at record levels. So you're going to be paying a lot more to live downtown, obviously, than, than you would have last year. So it depends on your perspective, but the market has really come roaring back as more people uh, move back downtown. And um, so that's um, obviously a huge, huge difference from last year. Now, is this simply a function of people who live downtown pre-pandemic and then uh, decamp to the suburbs or southwest Michigan or Lake Geneva returning to where they used to live? Or is this a case of uh, people who got jobs last year, worked remotely, and are finally moving near where their office is located? I think it's um, there are multiple factors that have, have caused this. Um, it's hard to really point to one specific reason for this. I think the ones you cited are probably um, probably uh, explain part of it. Um, you just had you did have fewer people moving to downtown Chicago because they didn't need to work in downtown Chicago. Everybody was working remotely. So if you got a job and you'd say you lived in Dallas or something and you got a job in Chicago, and nobody was coming into the office, well, you would stay in Dallas. Um, And so what we're seeing is some of those people are now deciding to move to Chicago, or they have this year, and um, they're they're getting apartments. So that's definitely making a difference. Um, The big question, Mark, obviously, you know, this is is all um, due to COVID, and, you know, things seem to be opening up earlier this year, and there was, um, you know, a lot of companies, we're planning to get their employees back to the office um, around Labor Day. And now with the rise of the Delta variant, a lot of companies have deferred those plans. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens in the coming months here, whether there's really a slowdown or not. 
because, um, um, you know, that's definitely something that people are paying attention to. Very quickly, uh, between the COVID pandemic and people working from home and then, you know, two instances of civil unrest last year, I think the lesson it sounds like is that downtown Chicago, given all of those uh, factors, is pretty resilient. Yeah, I think so. You know, there are a lot of predictions of the demise of cities last year at this time. And, you know, it just goes to show that people have short memories, I think. And, um, you know, downtown certainly has not come back completely there. If you look at Michigan Avenue, it's still, um, you know, it's still got a lot of problems. But um, I think the, um, you know, clearly with this uh, influx of people, you know, they are very bullish on downtown living. Albie Galoon, senior reporter, Crane Chicago Business. Thanks for joining. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. This is Chicago's all-news station. News Radio 780 and 105.9 FM. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Good afternoon, I'm Rob Hart. These are the top stories on News Radio WBBM. A judge has blocked an order by Florida's governor that banned mask mandates. The U.S. military updates the situation in Kabul following yesterday's deadly bombing. Microsoft and Google are set to spend billions of dollars to improve cybersecurity. In Entrepreneur Friday, we meet the man behind the new Chicago restaurant that specializes in southern comfort food. WBBM Business, the Markets are higher. The Dow is up 262 points. The Nasdaq is up 184. The S&P 500 is up 41. AccuWeather says intervals of clouds and sunshine today, hot and humid. A stray thunderstorm, a high today of 91 with the AccuWeather real field temperatures near 100. The noon business hour continues after these top stories. A Florida court has ruled that school districts in the state can impose mask mandates. Leon County Circuit Judge John C. Cooper sided with a group of parents who claimed in a lawsuit that the ban by Governor Ron DeSantis is unconstitutional and cannot be enforced. The decision follows a three-day hearing. At least 10 Florida school boards have voted to divide DeSantis uh, and impose mask requirements with no parental opt-out. The Pentagon is providing an update on yesterday's bombing in Kabul. This is Major General Hank Taylor. We do not believe that there was a second explosion 
at or near the Barron Hotel than it was one suicide bomber. Injured members of the military have been evacuated and flown to an American medical facility in Germany. It's 1231. The noon business hour continues, presented by the Village of Bedford Park. Stocks are trading higher today. We're joined by Jeff Kilberg, Chief Investment Officer of Sanctuary Wealth in Chicago. Jeff, thanks for joining us today. It sounds like investors heard the comments from Fed Chair Jerome Powell in uh, Jackson Hole, Wyoming, and took a big, nice, relaxing exhale after that. That's right, Rob. And we're seeing the stock market continue to make all-time highs. But you're absolutely right. Fed Chairman Powell, who's virtually in Jackson Hole, they decided to reposition the typical in-person meeting to a virtual meeting. But nonetheless, he indicated that, yes, they will potentially be reducing this emergency $120 billion a month purchases, which has pushed their balance sheet north of $8 trillion. But what he did indicate that they're going to continue to be prudent. They're going to continue to be dovish. And that type of uh, calmness that he brought to the marketplace is really helping all the indices. So you look at the NASDAQ, certainly on the move higher, up over 1%. But look at names like General Motors, Boeing, even ExxonMobil, having great days because you see this reassurance that basically they're not taking the punch. The, you know, the, the Kool-Aid's not being taken away yet, Rob. So therefore, I think despite the fact that, yes, people are getting a little bit concerned about valuations, we are seeing the Federal Reserve, Fed Chairman Paul himself, really highlight the fact that we still are in a risk-on mode. Now, the uh, in, in the year before COVID, late 2018, early 2019, the Fed was just was starting to unfurl its balance sheet from 2008, from the Great Recession. Now, that was a long and painful recovery where the benefits uh, were not really obvious until the very end. Do you anticipate a similar slow tapering period uh, once they decide to do so? Well, Rob, you really bring up a great point, and it's really important to understand for all investors out there, tapering is not a bad word. Tapering simply means that they're reducing the amount of assets they're purchasing every month. Right now, it's an emergency amount of purchases, $120 billion per month. What they've done, Rob, since the Great Recession in 2008-2009, they've moved their balance sheet from about $4.5 trillion to up over $8 trillion by making these emergency purchases. With the Delta variant, with some of the different uncertainties on the horizon, they're going to continue to grow their balance sheet. So tapering is not unwinding their balance sheet. So therefore, I remain really optimistic on the stock market in 2022 due to the fact that the Federal Reserve should sit tight and keep that swollen balance sheet in place for at least another 18 months. Does this Is this also proof of concept, too, in terms of uh, the, the Federal Reserve developing a toolkit in the wake of 2008, a sudden, sharp and severe economic downturn uh, that this uh, bond buying program uh, does work and has proven to work now in two major economic crises? Well, yes, but a proof of concept really hasn't seen the aftermath. We only have a decade of to see what happened after the Great Recession. And here we are, to your point, on March 23rd of 2020, when we saw a 35% drop in the S&P 500 of that previous month due to the pandemic of COVID-19. They did come and rescue the market. That's when Fed Chairman Powell stated that they would be helping and assisting the stock market in unlimited capacity and in perpetuity. But here we are, Rob. Almost 17 months later, and some people are scratching their heads saying, why are we still in such emergency mode with such stimulus? So it is going to be a balance. There will be some volatility associated with this. But again, Fed Chairman Paul continues to be accommodative and dovish, and that is going to bode really well for stocks.
Inflation is, uh, there's a great deal of debate about it. Um, On a macroeconomic level, you can just say this is an interesting test case of stopping and then restarting the economy. But if you are walking down the aisles at the grocery store or the hardware store, uh, it's a different story to you as the consumer. That's right, Rob. And you're talking to someone who likes to eat a lot and likes to drive his car. Despite the fact that the Federal Reserve strips out food and energy and their inflation data, it's really hard to to understand and comprehend that the Federal Reserve continues to talk about this inflation simply being transitory. Now, we have seen the price of lumber, which rocketed up to $1,700, come back down to earth. But nonetheless, this inflation, it's tangible. So I think inflation is going to be a concern that the Federal Reserve will have to address. But that's more of a 2023 story. Then they'll have the ability to potentially raise rates. So right now, it's smooth sailing. In my perspective, of course, we're going to have volatility. But it's going to be smooth sailing because they're so assistive. And it's not just the Federal Reserve. It's also the European Central Bank. It's also the Bank of Japan. It's the PBOC. It's all the coordination of these global central bankers trying to move markets higher. Thanks for joining us this afternoon. Jeff Kilberg, he is the Chief Investment Officer, Sanctuary Wealth, based in Chicago. Coming up next in Entrepreneur Friday, why a restaurateur has chosen Chicago for the second location of his food and cocktail concept. Money Talks, as the WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. It's Entrepreneur Friday, and this afternoon we're digging into shrimp and grits, smothered fried chicken, and a variety of creative cocktails. Joining us now on the McGrath Lexus business line is Kevin Kelly, owner of Kitchen and Cocktails by Kevin Kelly. Uh, It's going to be at 444 North Wabash uh, when it opens in October. Kevin, thank you for joining us this afternoon. Uh, And and the, the weather forecast for today is conducive to uh, possibly uh, enjoying a Sazerac or, uh, or maybe uh, some shrimp and grits out in an in a outdoor patio somewhere on the Gulf Coast. So I feel like we're in a proper frame of mind to uh, talk about uh, kitchen and cocktails. So tell us a little bit, though, Kevin, about your journey from attorney to restaurateur. Well, first of all, thanks for having me on today. I'm really excited uh, to speak with you guys, but I'm an attorney by trade, and someone gave me the chance to invest in a restaurant years ago, and I love to eat. I love good food. I love good drinks, and I figured, why not? And so for me, food and beverage has been a fantastic thing, and that actually led to me opening a second restaurant in Dallas, Texas, about a year ago. And that restaurant's been sold out since we opened, and we needed another location, and Chicago was the best place in the world we figured we could be, and so that's what led me to Chicago. What was uh, what did you learn, though? Because uh, th- there's there's a lot of attorneys and there are a lot of people who like to eat and a lot of people who like to drink. But what did you learn along the journey from a uh, food and drink enthusiast to actual restaurant owner? What were some of the lessons that you learned along the way? You know, one of the things that I learned was the importance of building a good team. And for me, that starts with having a great chef. So I've got a fantastic chef now named Vanessa Brown. We've got a fantastic bar program as well. But one of the other things that I learned in developing the restaurant business is that if you've seen success somewhere else with a restaurant or with a brand, then there's no reason that we can't do it with our restaurant or another restaurant tour. Someone who wants to be in the restaurant industry can't do it either. And so a lot of our, our menu and our drinks were inspired by things that we've seen in Europe, some things that we've seen in America. And we've been able to duplicate some great products and be very original with some of our own products, too. And, and your menu basically uh, kind of uh, uh, picks some of the best items from all points of the southern United States. We're talking uh, Nashville hot chicken. We're talking uh, uh, shrimp and grits. So you're going to the Gulf Coast. We're talking jerk chicken. Um, it just what, what was it about these particular items, and, and, and what, how did you uh, pick from different uh, locations and culinary genres across the South? 
you know, we wanted the best of everything. You know, for the most part, we wanted our menu to be Southern inspired. So it just happened to be a coincidence that we do have jerk chicken and we do have some things that may be East Coast in terms of our shrimp. Uh, we, we wanted to have a little bit of something for everything. And even coming into the Chicago market, uh, what we don't have in Dallas is a tomahawk, but we're adding that to the menu in Chicago. But we're adding our own twist to it as well. So you'll be able to get a traditional tomahawk. You'll be able to get it with jerk seasoning. And you'll also be able to get it with our special Asian Hennessy sauce also. And so we're just trying to be creative and push the envelope when it comes to food and beverage so we can eat, have a good time, good filled up, but also have also have fun, too, with the menu. And when it, the cocktail space is also a, a space that has become a, a very crowded recently. Uh, a lot of places coming in with their own concepts, with their own mixologists, with their own bartenders. Um, you know, what, w- what was your research and development process? I'm guessing it was a lot of fun um, in, 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 in finding uh, cocktails uh, unique to kitchen and cocktails. Yeah, it was really, really fun. And, you know, here's the interesting thing about the cocktail program. I actually have a concept or had a concept I was going to bring to the market that was a specific cocktail bar. But because of COVID-19, we couldn't open it. And so all the creative concept or all the creative cocktails we were going to do with that concept, we actually brought to the restaurant. So now we have drinks that catch on fire that are rum-based. We have cotton candy cocktails that are vodka-based. We've got a uh, pina colada that comes in a whole pineapple. So all of those things we were able to bring over to Kitchen and Cocktails. And, you know, that has been fun. As you can imagine, being able to drink these drinks and to test them, there are, there are a lot worse jobs to have out there, right? Yeah, someone's got to do it. So, you know, so, so, someone, it's, it's, a, it's a tough job, Kevin, but somebody's got to do it. I sacrificed. I was willing to take on that sacrifice. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks for joining us this afternoon. Kevin Kelly, owner of Kitchen and Cocktails by Kevin Kelly. It's coming to 444 North Wabash, uh, just north of downtown this October. Still to come, a White House meeting producing a commitment to cybersecurity. The details on the way. Your daily transaction for useful information. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. The White House hosted a cybersecurity summit this week, and business leaders emerged with a commitment to beefing up cybersecurity. We welcome in Jerry Irvine, CIO of Prescient Solutions and members of the a member of the U.S. Secret Service Electronic Crimes Task Force. Jerry, thanks for joining us today. What? Who were the participants in this uh, cybersecurity summit this week, and what were some of the conclusions they uh, they reached? Well, it was uh, Microsoft, Google, Apple, and IBM were the the four big shots, and uh, they all have committed you know billions of dollars. And Microsoft committed twenty billion over the next uh, five years, and Google committed ten billion uh, over the next five years. And everybody has committed to hiring uh, in the hundreds of thousands of of people or providing uh, training for hundreds of thousands of people. Uh, to to do cybersecurity, so uh, it's it's a it's a great move. Um, the problem, as we know it today, is that uh, you know phishing scams, uh, ransomware, uh, all types of of malicious activity is occurring, and there's really little we can do about it. Um, the this this all stems back from uh, 2012 when. Uh, bring your own devices. Uh, uh, policies were built into homes, and people started bringing in their phones and their laptops. And the perimeter-based security or the firewall security systems that we had in place became obsolete. Now you can get to anything from anywhere, and as a result, hackers can get to anything from anywhere and, and gain access to your systems. So the goal that these companies have now is to provide some micro segmentation 
uh, of individual devices um, is so that we can still allow people to use their own devices, but start configuring them and implementing them in such a way that they only have access to things that they need access for. Well, Jerry, you bring up a very good point, and that is uh, you can spend billions of dollars and hire hundreds of thousands of people to monitor every step of the IT infrastructure uh, all across corporate America, but it just takes one person opening up a phony email, and then you have a problem, then a pipeline to shut down. Exactly. And, and, and what happens is that one person opens it up and it infects everybody. So the goal is not so much to stop uh, every single person from being, uh, you know, being protected 100% of the time, but to stop them from, you know, uh, infecting anybody else when it does happen and to be able to remediate it as soon as possible so that the the long-term effect is minimized. Well, thanks for joining us this afternoon. Jerry Irvine, CIO, Prescient Solutions, and member of the U.S. Secret Service Electronic Crimes Task Force. If you missed any part of today's noon business hour, we'll have the replay podcast available shortly at WBBMNewsRadio.com and the Odyssey app. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade used with permission.